for the moment that you've all been waiting for. From just north of the border, he's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the Leonardo da Vinci of lockups. El numero uno. That's right. You're listening to one of the three hogsmen. Devin's not here. Big Duke said maybe next week. But man, today, Adam, may the fourth be with you. How do people respond to that? Do I have to say, and also with you, because then it turns into a religious thing. No, I'm just trying to start this show. Oh, I know. Um, it is. I was trying to. I was trying to derail it and make it as funny as I could. It's May fourth. It's a Tuesday. May the fourth be with you. And as you can see, I am wearing my Chewbacca shirt. Okay. I am uh, being festive and going along with whatever this holiday, fake holiday, is. Yeah, that recent it just recently started a couple of years ago where people started saying it, right? I think so. Which is weird because you would think the people would have thought of this a long time ago. Especially Star Wars fans. I know. I know. I think somewhere somebody just happened to say May the fourth. Yeah. And then they were like, wait a minute. That sounds really close. Yeah. Like I know, uh, like for instance, I know the Yankees tonight are doing like a Star Wars night on May the fourth. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. But it's funny because it's the first game against the Astros in Yankee Stadium since the whole cheating thing a couple of years ago. So oh, I don't yeah. know how festive that game is going to be. It could get pretty ugly. Yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of fake holidays. Okay. So it's uh, May fourth today. Guess what that is tomorrow? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, fake holiday, but we Americans celebrate it like it's. The real deal. Just an excuse to drink. It is. That's all it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, it was made up by some college kid. Apparently, you know, he, he was going through the history books and was like, oh, there was a battle in, uh, Puebla where these, uh, this small town defeated French army and was like, sweet, let's fucking party. And now we have a day where everyone gets drunk, so... And now we have a day where everybody gets drunk. Be safe if you're going to drink tomorrow. You know what's so funny with, like, the woke culture, right? Or, like, um, cultural appropriation. Yeah. Right? People get really, like, sensitive about that. Or at least, like, the woke people. Like, yeah. the far left. I don't know. Whatever. Whoever it is. Um, But yet, <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Fun fact, kids. They don't know anything about it in, down in Mexico. No. They have no idea. Um, so when I was, I just turned 18. So out of my group of friends, uh, I'm the youngest basically. So everybody turned six, everybody got their driver's license before me. Everybody turned 18 before me. Everybody turned 21 before me. And when all my friends were like going out, having fun, uh, I would sit back and be like, yeah, I can't go. You know, it's okay. It is what it is. Mom and dad should have done it a little bit earlier, but, um, so right after I turned, not right after I turned, but after I turned 18, uh, my friend had a, has a, his family has a house down in Rosarito. So we went down there, um, to go party, obviously. And the place was going off. Like Rosarito was going off. We go over to Papa's and beer. It's going off. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? You know? And so I, I can't remember who we asked, but we asked like a local and they were like, oh, it's uh basically like the Mexican independence day today. And we're like, it ain't fucking Cinco de Mayo. What the fuck? You know, we're stupid Americans. But uh, 
it turns out their real Independence Day, like their real holiday for that is uh, it's like September 18th or something like that. I remember because it it's in September because that's that's the month we were down there. Yeah. I can't remember the exact date. I think it's like the 18th or something like that. Fun fact, kids. Fun fact. So, yeah. So we, we dude, we went down there and we just walked into like a huge party. It was nuts. Mexicans know how to get down. I'll tell you yes. That. Yes, they do. But yeah. So fake holiday. <laughs> Let's get to some shows that are coming up, though, before we get too uh, deep into this uh, podcast. So uh, I already told you guys that I will be out in Las Vegas this month, May 23rd and 24th. What's going on out there? There is a Bud Tenders Award. This is at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino. We've already said that uh, Gangrel and Damien666 are going to be locking horns. Uh, that's going to be sweet. I can't wait to watch that. But they also uh, released some other matches for this show. Um, there's Here's a uh, six-man tag. Uh, let's say six six man and woman tag because there's a woman involved in this tag. Uh, okay, you're going to have Matt Vandergr- the team of Matt Vandergriff, Eli Everfly, and Delilah Doom going up against Ruby Rays, Bad Dude Tito, and Rico Reeks, also known as Rico Dynamite. So that's going to be a uh, six-man tag. That should be interesting. And then they also... Oh, I will be wrestling Remy Marcel. Yes, I saw If you guys that. don't know who Remy is, he uh, used to be one half of the World One Gentleman. He is a Las Vegas guy. Very cool. Very uh, excited to be wrestling him. Never, never locked horns with him. Never locked horns with him. So it's going to be a good time, good experience, and we'll see what happens. I don't know what day, if that's the 23rd or 24th that we're wrestling. Uh, it doesn't or, I'm sorry, specifically. It's, this, it's the 22nd and 23rd, May 22nd, 23rd. Um, Yeah, I don't know which, because we'll be wrestling both days, but I don't know which day these matches are, are, uh, are falling. Go to on. both of them. Go to both of them. Yeah. Why not? So that's... Uh, May 22nd, 23rd, Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, the Canna Pro Show at the Bud Tenders Award. Go check it out. And then on uh, May 30th, Level Up Pro Wrestling, behind the Level Up Pro Wrestling School, I'll be going up, uh, I'll be going one-on-one against Judiz. Not sure who else is going to be on that card, but give you the heads up. May 30th, Level Up Pro Wrestling Showcase. All right, and then we have uh, June 19th. This is going to be fun. Have you looked at this? Have you seen this, Adam? Uh, I saw one person that was announced, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, Canna Pro Wrestling Show is going to be putting on another show uh, in San Diego. This is going to be at the Level Up Pro Wrestling School uh, in the back parking lot area. And this show is called 619 because it falls on June 19th. And that's the area code of San Diego. And that would be 619. And then... Yeah, okay, we get it. So, get this. Scheduled to appear. The Godfather. He's bringing the hoe train. And uh, I can't wait, man. I was a big fan of The Godfather back when I was a kid. And that's awesome that he's going to be there. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, He was also Papa Shango Mm -hmm. and Kama. Mm -hmm. Also a fun fact. I heard this in the past. If he gets booked to do like, a, let's say, like a rumble, uh, some kind of rumble event, he will. He has come out as all characters. 
That's <laughs> hilarious. That's pretty impressive, especially since you think he probably has to do all that changing during the show. I'm like, guessing the match is going on. I'm guessing the last character is Papa Shango, right? Yeah. He's got all that face paint. Yeah. Or would you do that first? Yeah, yeah. You'd probably do that first because that probably takes the longest. Yeah. And, you know, Kama and the Godfather is literally just yeah. take off one item of clothing and put on a different one. Yeah. So you probably it's probably Papa Shango first. I would I I would I would mark out so hard though if I was in attendance for that. And oh. I would go, wait a minute. First Papa Shango comes out and then Kama and then the Godfather. Oh, by the way, if I was in that rumble, if I was in a rumble when that happened, I'd be like, guys, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm I'm staying here till the end. Uh after all of his characters are are are, uh, are gone, then I'll leave. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. Your boy's gonna he wants to say that he's wrestled Papa Shango. Yeah. Because Papa Shango scared, scared the shit out of me as a kid. He made Ultimate Warrior bleed from his forehead, right? Yeah, and also, I, who's, whose hand did he light on fire? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of cool stuff, though. Yeah, he man. did a lot. Of, I, I know he back then he scared a lot of people. Dude, I loved it. Loved it. But anyways, the Godfather's going to be there. That's awesome. Uh, another match that has been announced. You're going to have uh, Michael Hopkins versus Keita Murray. I think that's how you say it. Keita? K-E-I-T-A. That's how it looks. Kita. I don't know the exact pronunciation. You know what I think is funny? Is uh, Mike and Kita have, they they look like each other. There's a there's a huge resemblance there. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know, do you know what they look like? Uh, I, when I saw the poster, I thought they kind of looked a little similar. They look so similar. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, and then also Ruby Rays versus Kimber Lee is going to be on that show. So go check Impact out. Impact Wrestling Superstar. Say what now? Impact Wrestling Superstar. Oh, is she is she, is she on Impact? I don't, I don't know if she's signed, but I know she's with Deanna Perrazzo, So Okay. All right. And then also uh, on that card, you're going to have a street fight with Bestia666 versus Hunter Freeman. Why? Because Hunter Freeman is a hardcore guy now. And those are the shows coming up. And uh, yeah, man. How long do you think it is before Hunter calls out Nick Gage on Twitter? <laughs> Hunter will never call out anybody on uh, on any social media i don't think but then uh yeah man and then i'm heading up to championship wrestling from hollywood this saturday i believe that's the ninth mother's day there it is it is so the past three times that i've been up there have all fallen on holidays yeah not gig- well i guess easter is kind of considered a gi- gigantic holiday yeah. right and then it was mother's day and then i can't remember what the holiday was prior to that but Anyways, you guys might have seen me uh, on the most recent episode of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood along with Devin. Uh, we were in a match against Papa Esco and Slice Boogie. So, and that ended in a huge melee. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Adam, did you get to catch the... Uh, I did watch it, yeah. You did get to watch I, I was it? Very, I was very disturbed by Honest John's uh, way he, the way he behaved. Yeah, yeah. He, he really disrespected you a great deal. Huge disrespect. But anyways, fun, this is a funny story, right? So the match ends up in a, in a big schmoz, right? A big brawl. Um, for, uh, Midnight Express, also known as Four Minutes of Heat, come out and they start attacking uh, the bodega. Anthony Idol and Honest John come out and they start attacking Devin and I. So I was on the outside of the ring. And Honest John comes up and he starts lighting me up. And I start fighting back. And then inside the ring, Ricky, uh, Ricky Gibson of Midnight Express falls onto the middle rope, like right next to me. He, he's on the inside of the ring and I'm on the outside. 
and he falls like right on the middle rope right next to me. And I go, Oh, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a punch at Ricky. So I grab his head and I go to throw a punch and all of a sudden honest John grabs my arm and I'm trying, Ricky's looking at me and I'm trying to throw a punch and I'm trying to like shake honest John off, like to throw this punch. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get this fucking punch off, you yeah. know? And, uh, I swear to God, we must've been there for like 10 seconds trying to like get this punch off. And then all of a sudden, uh, we go off air and, uh, they were like, okay, cut, we're done. So we go in the back and, uh, I'm in the back by like the gorilla position. And then Ricky comes walking around and goes, Hey Mike, nice try. And just, <laughs> I start dying laughing. <laughs> it was so funny, man. It was so funny. I uh, loved it. I like uh, I like the four minutes of heat, aka the midnight, midnight heat boys, good dudes from uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, man. Adam, what's up, dude? Did you doing this weekend? Uh, yeah. I had to get together with some people I haven't seen since all this started. One of my friends was super cautious about this whole thing, so mm-hmm. finally got fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated, so we we're able to get together. So that was cool. Looking superhuman as fuck right now, bro. Yeah, and thank you. My hand is somewhat better than it was yeah. last week. I just noticed the uh, the bandage is off. I can see a little bit of bruising. Uh, yeah, it's still it's it's it still hurts during portions of it, and I still plan to probably go to a urgent care or something later in the week if it keeps up. But at this point, I don't think it's really all that serious. So Good. you know, they're gonna throw a, a, in the cast or a splint on whatever they're gonna do. Like, it can wait a couple more days. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, no, Sunday was pretty chill. Didn't really do anything. Shitty weather, man. Shitty weather. Shitty weather. It was uh, overcast as fuck in San Diego, yeah, especially Sunday. Mm. Sunday was one of those days you get up and you're just like, I don't want to do anything today. Yeah. It's 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 crappy outside. I was like looking forward to like it being a nice weekend. Of course, it, the nice weather shows up as soon as Monday came around. And today it's a beautiful day out. Of course. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I can't. I don't, I don't think I did anything this weekend, man. Sunday, I just sat around and I, I was like, I'm not doing anything. I don't. I had nothing. To, I had no urge to go do anything. It really sucked because you know my Fridays felt empty now without something on Disney Plus. You know, I had like the last like two months, I've had something to watch every week. Oh, uh, the uh, the Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, and, and uh, then Wandavision before it. Yeah. And now you gotta wait till June for the Loki show, like. Oh, is that one of his shows coming out? That's the next show. I think it's June eleventh or something. Marvel's so gangster. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Have you seen? Did you see the new uh, Captain America suit? Negative. It was all over Twitter, so I just I don't think that's really a spoiler. Is that, but is that suit for the Falcon? Yeah, I think I might have saw something, but I kind of just scrolled by it. You know, sometimes yeah. you just like scroll by because you're like, ah, I don't think this has anything like real significant about it. Yeah, or just... or maybe you thought like, oh, I haven't watched the show yet. Let me watch the show before I think that or yeah, yeah. see that, but. Now the show is awesome. Then they quickly announced that they're making a, another Captain America movie very shortly after the show ended. So, wait, they're making another Captain America? Yep. With the Falcon. With with Sam Wilson now as Captain oh, okay. America. Oh, okay. So, all right. I, I mean, I I liked that show more than I liked Wandavision. So, no, that's I, I haven't I've yeah. yet to check it out. So I'm. I, it's I more it's more Marvel ish than the than Wandavision was. Yeah. So that's kind of I think why I liked. Plus I. My favorite movies out of all the Marvel movies are all the Captain America movies. So those characters on that show, I was more interested in what they were doing than I was in Wanda and Vision. Like, yeah. Because in the movies, the Wanda and Vision really are just so like insignificant, not insignificant, but you know what I mean? Like they're not like. They're like C-rate 
characters. Yeah, like they're like not main characters that you would think about. Like in even in the last couple of Avengers movies, they were like they were one of them was a villain in the first in the second Avengers movie, and yeah. then she was barely in the Infinity War, and then she was not in Endgame until the end. Yeah, and now so, and now she's gonna step up to the front after that. I think she's gonna show. be the main villain in the next set of movies. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, by the way, so I was telling you how like I you know sometimes you just scroll through Twitter, you don't really like pay attention to a lot you're just kind of like eh, whatever whatever yeah. whatever this reminds me of a story so remember um when ach was signed to wwe mm-hmm. and that that shirt controversy that he had like that's what like led to him like leaving wwe oh yeah, yeah the stuff. shirt that he yeah okay that he openly on twitter was complaining about the shirt yeah yeah and i remember that i remember that um that day, so I, I remember I was just like scrolling through Twitter and I kept seeing that shirt pop up. Yeah. And I wasn't paying any attention to it. I was like, oh, okay. Because I can't remember what ACH's name uh, name was in NXT. It was like something Jury or Miles or something like that. I honestly can't remember. I can't remember Because he was there for such a short time. Yeah. But um, I remember I was just scrolling through through Twitter and that shirt kept popping up. Yeah. And I was like, why is it like, why is everybody excited about this shirt? Because I wasn't reading what was along with the with the the picture i was just scrolling through and i'm like why are we making such a big deal out of this shirt it's not even that cool of a shirt it's actually kind of a shitty design yeah right <laughs> i swear to god like the whole day i was kind of just like like i i never stopped to see like what it was and then i i stopped to read about it like okay why is everybody making this the shirt such, such a big deal um because I'm thinking this is the hottest selling shirt of all yeah. time right now uh, 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 for WWE because of how much I'm seeing it show up, show up on Twitter. And and then I read yeah. the controversy where it has people thought it was a, a racist shirt, right? Yeah. It had a resemblance to blackface kind of stuff. Blackface or yeah. some kind of logo that was associated with the clan in the past or something. I don't really remember the whole thing. But. Yeah, and uh, I remember... I looked at, the, like I said, I thought the shirt was kind of lame, right? It wasn't even that cool yeah. of a shirt. And then I look at it and then I read the controversy and then I go, oh, it's like one of those things where you don't see it until it's somebody easy, points yeah. it out and then you cannot unsee it. Anyways, that just reminded me because I was like, I remember that day. Just that shirt kept popping up, popping up, popping up. And then I was just like, what? what's the big deal about this? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I see what's going on now. Yeah. Sometimes wrestling Twitter can get really ugly really quickly. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. By the way, uh, Adam, Mm -hmm. are you ready? Are you ready for evolution? No. You know what I'm talking about? I do. So they're bringing uh, Eva back to WWE. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I think it's hilarious that she's saying it's evolution. Because wasn't there Emolution back in the day when yeah. Emma first got brought to the main roster or something yeah. like that? So it's like, you're already doing gimmick infringement. I don't think the fans were demanding for Eva to come back. No. Uh-oh. They were doing the complete opposite. I think yeah. the one person on Twitter that's been really big about her is Ryan Sack. And he like loves her. Oh, really? He's He was like so excited last night. And I was just like, I don't get it. Did you watch? Did you uh, did you watch Raw last night? No, I haven't watched any wrestling since yeah. they've been back. I uh, I just think it's funny because I, I look at this two ways. This is either WWE not knowing their fan base at all, and you know, 
just bringing back a very attractive. Let's let's not get this wrong. She's a smoke show. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. She's insanely hot. Yeah. And no matter what, some dudes are going to stop on WWE, the channel, to just to watch her. Right, like does that still happen? Like I don't know if that yes. still happens. Yes, I, I mean I guess, but yeah, guys know. are still guys are still guys. Okay, guys are still guys. If yeah. you're, let's say you're just you're not even a uh, a huge wrestling fan, you're just a dude, right? And you're and you're scrolling through the through the channels, and you see her on the TV, you go, wait, who's this? Whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, because she let's let's like I said, she is insanely good looking. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm thinking like they either they just don't know at all, like they're hardcore, the fan, the fan base. And they're just like, hey, it'll help bring male viewers in or I, I don't know, something like that. Right. Or or they're like, listen, people already don't like her. We can make the this girl a huge, huge heel. Yeah. A true heel, you know, and um, I'm thinking, OK, that's either that either they have no idea about their hardcore fan base and they just want to bring in a very good looking girl to maybe bring in some more male eyes or they're going to go full blown heel and go, listen, this girl's already got heat with the crowd. All we got to do is put her in the right storylines against the, the, the right baby face and it's money. Yeah. I'm so interested in seeing how they're, how they're going to do their show starting in August when fans are back. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just like, because a lot of the stuff they're doing, the fans are going to reject. Because you know, WrestleMania was very much like, oh, we haven't done, we haven't seen this in like a year. Let's just be happy for everyone and clap for everyone. I think when they come back in August or September, I don't know if fans are going to be as like generous about it. Because if you look at, if you go on Twitter on a Monday night, and like this week was the first time in a while that Raw had no competition, just mm-hmm. it was just on. So a lot of people that weren't watching started watching. And all I saw was people just shitting all over the show. Really? And especially her being back. And it looks bad a week after they fired a ton of people, including a couple of women, a couple of women's wrestlers. Yeah. So then they bring, which I think she's been signed for a while. So I'm not going to, I remember seeing that back in like the end of 2020, she was coming back. Yeah. I remember that. I I feel like she, she didn't do anything for me. I don't think she got better in the time she was there last time. I don't know how you can get better when you're away if you didn't wrestle at all. But maybe as a manager of some kind, a heel manager, maybe that is something yeah. that could work, but they don't do that. Um, but you said something about, they just don't care. Did you see any of the Piper A&E documentary? I did. I did. I finally the beginning watched part with Vince on the phone call. I didn't he, see that. Oh, I didn't see that. So there was the beginning of the thing and Vince made a phone call to Roddy Piper where he basically said that he was in hell. He basically picked up the phone and he's like, do you want me to show it to you real quick? I could uh, pause this and we could just. Yeah, sure. Let's it. do that. And we're back. Yeah. I just watched the clip you were talking about with Vince uh, doing a fake phone call to Roddy, who is in the afterlife. Yeah. And it makes it sound like he's in hell. But I, I don't I don't take that too bad. There's got to be an inside joke. We exactly. don't know. That's like people. Exactly. But people looked at it as like Vince is getting more and more senile, which you've heard kind of on and off the last couple of years. But yeah, I, I looked at it as they were so close. That had to have been some kind of inside joke between yeah. the two of them. Yeah, I hope. No, it looks like he's just having fun. Yeah, especially at that end where he's like, Roddy's not in hell. He's in heaven. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's probably having fun. 
I thought that was a really good documentary, though. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Roddy Piper one. These. So are these a, are these WWE doing these or are these A uh, and E? I think like, it's. I think it's like a combination. Okay. Because on the one this week, which was Savage, I saw that one too. They had a bunch of guys that aren't there in WWE anymore, and even a bunch of guys that I don't think would have been there when they filmed this. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the Savage one? Well, let's get to that, but I'll okay. go back to the Roddy one. This is the funniest thing that I got of the Roddy one. Yeah. Um, and not that it's funny, but I figure like I just was like, oh, times have changed. Yeah. Basically. So did they did you see the part on the Roddy one where he meets his wife? I think so, yeah. And I saw I watched it. It's not like she's a waitress at some oh, yeah, at yeah, one, yeah. uh I think like somewhere in like uh was it like up in the Pacific Northwest? Probably because like that's that? where I think he wrestled. He lot. uh so Roddy and the boys used to go to this restaurant. And then this this girl who was the waitress, uh, she ended up becoming Roddy Piper's wife, but she was 19 at the time. And they made it sound they made, they said that he was like 32 at the time when, yeah. they, when they met. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, nowadays. Oh, yeah. Huge problem. I mean, do you remember a couple months ago when uh, Buddy Murphy was doing the angle with the Mysterios and yeah. they were doing the thing with Aaliyah and everybody was freaking out because she's like. 20? Not Buddy Murphy, right? It was it was uh, Buddy Murphy. Oh, it was Murphy. Murphy. That's it's right. Murphy yeah, now. Murphy, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, and she, I think she's like 21 or yeah, and he's like 34 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. freaking out about that, and I was like, man, times have changed. I was like, like goddamn, fucking A A and E trying to get Roddy canceled. When we were kids, man, when American Pie came out, that was like a big deal. When Stifler's mom and Stifler's Finch mom. hooked up, it was like a you're awesome. Now it's like super gross and weird. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, man. I thought that was like that for some reason. I mean, Roddy had like such a a huge part of building the WWF, yeah. Especially building that story all the way to WrestleMania one, and uh, God, man, it, it looks like it was just so much fun to wrestle back then. Yeah. I mean, heat was like real. Like, yeah. I I dream of a day where I'm in the ring as a heel trying to get heat, and I have trash being thrown at me. Oh, they still do that in Puerto Rico, I think. If you want to go wrestle in Puerto Rico, Mike. they also stab you. They also stab <laughs> you down there, and I don't. I don't want to get stabbed. You can't N- name me one big stabbing that's happened in Puerto Rico. Eh, hold on, I'm gonna have to get out my my uh, encyclopedia. Your Bruiser Brody documentary. A lot of people get stabbed down yeah. there. A lot of people. The, the fans are fantastic down there. A little take it a, a little too far, but yeah. hey, at least they're passionate. I appreciate that. But yeah, I'm telling that story like his how he would get like verbally abused like just going out to dinner with his family yeah to the point where they had to like move to the middle of nowhere on like a farm just to enjoy their lives i'm like i guess he was making pretty good money so i mean he's he's probably happy he probably wanted to be away from it all anyway that sounds like a really relaxing situation i also love hearing about you know the territories and it shows you i think the the roddy and the randy uh um biographies show you how important it is for a wrestler to uh, to work those different areas. Yeah, you know they showed him working in L.A. against the Guerreros, and you know they had to start from scratch. You know, you come into a territory, nobody knows who you are. You got to build yourself up. Yeah, and then he, he has he has this really good program with the Guerreros, and then boom, he heads up to the Pacific Northwest. And has to start it all over again. You know, you have to you have to walk in as if nobody's ever heard of you, and you got to start from scratch and do it all over again. But now you you understand the formula because you just did it back down in, in Los yeah. Angeles. So now you bring it to this this town, you know, rinse and repeat. 
rinse and repeat. And then by the time you get to the big show, right? WWF. Yeah. You're, 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 you have all the tools. You have all the tools that you need. Wrestling. I don't even really need that, man. What I need is my, my, my vocal skills and, and, you know, just give me this opportunity to, to get in front of a crowd and do something dick. Um, that part where he's playing the, in LA where he's playing the, uh, Mexican national anthem on, uh, on the bagpipes. Yeah. And he turns out he was playing La Cucaracha. Oh my God. Obviously you can't do it. Couldn't do that nowadays. No, couldn't do that nowadays. But back then it just created so much heat for Roddy and they made so much money off of that. Ah, love it. Love it. The only unfortunate part about that time in wrestling is like everything was from different places. So it's like, it's hard to find some of that stuff. Yeah. So like, like you're talking about, like Piper had to make a lot more with his mouth than he did with his in ring because by the time he got to WWE, his body was shot. Mm-hmm. Same way with Austin. Like by the time Austin got to WWE, his body was shot. Yep. Most of his like title run, most of his run was him doing a lot of hardcore stuff because he couldn't do what he used to do. Because if you watch old stuff from Austin and WCW in like the early 90s, he's so good. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like it's one a, of the best workers in the business at it's the time. A, a totally different wrestler. Yeah. Because he's actually like doing moves i saw him i saw a match where i watched him get back body dropped into a cage where he flew like five feet in the air into the cage and i'm like can you imagine 98 steve austin doing that like he physically couldn't anymore yeah and it's the same way with savage like i think i think savage had more of a good savage has more good wwe matches that you can think of yeah and i realize it's not all about wwe but right now like it's hard to find stuff from piper from like the 80s and the 70s like it's hard to it's yeah. hard to find stuff prior to WWE so it's like that's really all we have of these guys so like you look at Piper like his match with Brett was really good but like pretty much after that like his body his hip was gone mm-hmm. by the time he got to WCW he really couldn't wrestle at all so you know it'd be, but he was always a great talker and I, I just wish I could have seen more of him from back then like than when I did actually get to see him because when you're a young kid and you just see a guy and he's just running his mouth and doesn't really do anything, it's like, why? I just want what? What else can I see? You know? Yeah. Well, it's also funny because back when we were kids watching this stuff, you didn't have DVR. No. You know, you wanted to record it on a VHS. Good luck figuring that shit out. Um, only a few kids knew how to do that. Yeah. Um. So if you if you missed it, you missed it. Yep. Good luck. Maybe in the future you'll see it. You can go to a video store and rent the the WrestleMania or the last pay-per-view, but that's all you're seeing. Like you're not seeing weekly TV. Yeah. Like, there's no cassette tape of last week's raw unless you're recorded on a VCR. Yep. Yep. But yeah, man. Uh, and then the, uh, the savage, the savage biography was good. I really enjoyed it. I like how they, uh, talked about his baseball career and it's so funny just seeing him evolve too. Yeah. As a wrestler. Cause like they showed like that original, not the original, but like an early promo of his where he's wearing like, brown and yellow and white yeah. it reminded me of, he's i was like god like he's playing for the padres right there but he's he's cutting a promo and it's not the best it's not the best yeah compared to what later randy was where he just has all those classic promos you know that people always try to you know imitate and and yeah. and, and, and uh and spout off yeah i mean it just shows you got to learn how to yeah. promo and you know the the, the the seeds were there the seeds were there for a guy that could talk but you got to learn it, man. You got to learn it. It takes time. I remember the first time I got called up to do a promo in class uh, while training. Oh, my God. Completely dog shit. 
because you, you don't know. There's a you formula. Know, yeah. There's a structure to it. And if you get called up not knowing, just saying, hey, go cut a promo, you you go up there and you just go, you just start talking shit. Yeah. And you sound like an idiot, but it's cool. You're like, tonight I'm going to get you. Like that generic ass promo you've seen a million times on TV. On May 12th <laughs> at the Oceanside Boys and Girls Arena for SoCal Pro. You got to make sure you get the date, the location, and the promotion. That, God, I hated that. I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> Oh, well, um, the one thing I did notice people were talking about about that savage one is that one really went more dark side of the ring to me than any of the other two. They really delved into a lot with of the, bad shit with Savage with more the, than they did with Piper. With Austin. The Miss Elizabeth stuff, the Miss Elizabeth yeah. stuff, the gorgeous George stuff, the steroid stuff like I, I didn't finish yet. I have 20 minutes left, but someone told me they even brought up the Stephanie thing. Oh, did I they bring it up? Part, okay, no. maybe they didn't. I just saw, I saw somebody mention it, so I, I, when I finish it, I'll be able to really. I, so I have like twenty minutes left. Stephanie thing. I would think so too. I would think that's something that you just shouldn't bring up. But, um, yeah, I just uh, I, I've always heard a bunch of stories about Savage and how kind of psychotic he was about Elizabeth. Yeah, and just yeah. how anal he was about stuff. Like, even the stuff with him and Hogan just seemed really weird. Like how yeah. that turned into, you know. But you know. The first two weren't that bad. And believe me, there's plenty of stuff with Austin that you really could have talked about if you really wanted to get yeah. dark side of the ring like with Austin. Yeah, because he did some shit. Yeah. I don't really know with Piper. If you, but you know, that, that was the only weird part to me. I just felt like one part and the second part of it were like two very different looking documentaries where one was like, here's how Savage did this. And then all of a sudden it went, here's how bad he was as a person. It's like, oh, that's kind of like weird. I feel like the dark side of the ring portion for the, the Roddy biography was about like the you know the addictions yeah you know because like they said back then you didn't show up you lost your spot yeah so you can't wrestle you lost your spot you know you're hurt you can't wrestle we'll bring in next person yeah you know you go back to the end of the line nobody wants to go back to the end of the line yeah so having to wrestle hurt and how back then they had to you know they had to doctor themselves up they had to find ways to to heal them up enough just for the night just for the night to get through this match. And then we'll worry about tomorrow when it comes. Um, so yeah, you know, you had like a lot of the alcohol and the drug abuse and the painkillers and all that kind of stuff. And these guys are just, they're trying to, trying to get to the next match, trying to get to the next town. And uh, unfortunately they didn't see the long-term effects yeah. of what that stuff was. And then also him like kind of saying like, I'm not going to make it past 65 to get, cause they, yeah. uh, apparently he had a pension coming his way at 65. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to make it to 65. Like that's dark. You yeah. know, to, to say that, I mean, he was probably only what 50 something in that, in when he was doing that interview, kind of cr- crazy to, to, yeah. to kind of be like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to be here to in the next 10 years. It was even more ominous when they showed the last interview he did. Yeah. And anyone. And like, I'm watching that and I'm going like, he probably should have gone to the doctor right away. Not that it would have changed anything. Cause I, I think they said that no matter what, it would have happened regardless. But you watch that interview, anyone that would know him, I would be like, someone should probably take him to like a doctor, not Step wait in a little bit, not wait for him to fly home and then do it. Like, yeah. He seemed way off in that interview where he's just rambling about nothing. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't seem normal to me, but yeah. And then, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the, the, the Randy Savage one, the early, like when it shows him coming up in the WWF and yeah. kind of just, you know, uh, finding himself, 
you know, obviously the Miss Elizabeth stuff and all that happens later. And that was hard to watch because, you know, jealousy is a motherfucker. That's something you couldn't do today either. You couldn't do that kind of angle where he's like not physically yeah. abusing her, but verbally abusing yeah. her. And I'm like, I guess I understand that. But at the end of the day, like it is a TV show with storylines and like they have plenty of shows now where men physically abuse women, not physically, verbally abuse women. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like part of like the story of the show. And at the end, the, you know, the, the guy who did it gets his comeuppance and whatnot. And that's the same thing in wrestling. Like Savage eventually got his comeuppance yeah. for treating her like that. I, it was actually interesting when I was watching that biography and they're showing, they, they bring in Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. And, uh, he's showing that jealous male characteristic. Yeah. As you can say, like, you know, he'd be in a match, he'd look over, he'd jump out the ring and tell her to, Hey, you come stand over here. Yeah. And obviously that was, that was him using psychology to get heat and all that kind of stuff. But it was very, I have to say that's, and you know, I was very young at that age, but that seemed like it was pretty revolutionary as far as using that kind of psychology to get heat. You know, like, hey, I'm the I'm the jealous boyfriend. Yeah. Um, you nuts, man. Yeah. It is something that they did use a lot once they realized it worked because they did that with Mark Merrow and Sable too. That's right. I'm like, they they realized that, especially during the Attitude Era, like, hot woman, guy that's with her, they're probably gonna hate the guy no matter what. Yep. So let's just make that guy heal and make him disrespect her as part of a storyline. Crazy man, but those biographies are really good, man. I'm actually uh, enjoying them. Yeah, I don't know what the next one is. I I didn't see. Booker T. Oh, okay. Which I I'm interested in this one. Yeah, I'm interested in this one. Booker T. Man, I was a big fan. He's got quite the story. Yeah, dude, his physique in his in his prime. Show me a better physique on anybody. That dude was yoked up. He looked like he, he 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 was like a real athlete. Yeah, you know, incredibly underrated. Hell yeah, man! I loved Booker T back in the day when him and Harlem Heat like that, and then when he went singles, dude, he was sick, bro. His entrance when he finally went to the WWE, his entrance was sick, yep. very sick, man. Yeah, he was. Uh, I remember backstage, uh, doing extra work. He uh. He was sitting, I, I was in catering and he was sitting there, uh, like kind of like next to me, like at, at another same table, table or no table. at another table. And we're watching the, the, the pay, it was for a pay per view and the pay per view had already started. And I remember him just sitting there, just shitting on matches. It was so funny, so funny, man. Yeah, that was good stuff. It's yeah. it, like that's like, like being a fly on the wall. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah, that's an experience you're, you're only going to get like once in your life. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. But he's, I mean, he's a trainer. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, he's was in the ring for a long time. He's, and he was been through a bunch of personal shit too, mm-hmm. which I'm sure that documentary is going to get heavy into him going to jail and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, man, we'll see what else is going on. Is there anything else going on in the wrestling world that that's been hot news this uh, past week? The dark side of the ring is coming back. The first yeah. part of the Brian Pillman, Pillman one is out. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched but, it either, but I, I do want to watch. I do like those shows. I think they have one on Nick Gage coming up too. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yes, they do. Because he robbed a bank, right? Or he attempted yeah. to rob a bank? No, I think he, he, either, he either robbed or attempted. He went to jail for robbing a bank. How many years did he do? I want to say like six or seven. Damn. Yeah, he was gone for a while. And I'm, so, I'm, I'm genuinely shocked that he's back as much as he is in wrestling. Why? Because? Because you just know, you know, how, you know how people are like with 
the way they are with certain people. Like he was in jail and they're just like, yeah, come on back. Nobody gives a fuck if you want to rob a bank, bro. Yeah, that's why I mean, there's different kinds of times of crimes that I think people were like, yeah, whatever. Robin Hood, bro. Yeah. Robin Hood. Robin Hood, technically a, a criminal. Yeah. Loved I don't know, I don't people, know if he was though. taking that money to give to other people, but. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. He's an that'll, interesting guy, though. I would definitely watch that. That'll be an interesting uh, by, uh, dark side of the story to to to, uh, to hear. Also, the show in North Korea that WCW did. When was it, when did that happen? Uh, back in the 90s. So Bischoff told, about, told kind of the story about it on his podcast. So I already know a little bit of the story, but basically what happened was. Was this in North Korea? Yeah. Okay. In like 95, I think. Was this the one with like Ali and Nike yeah, yeah. and all that? Yeah. Okay. Was it WCW that? It was that WCW held that? show, yeah. Because like, Blair was on it. Yeah, it was like Battle and Career or something like that. Okay. It's, and there was like a hundred thousand people there or yeah. something like that. And it's such an interesting fucking story. So they're doing a Dark Side of the Ring on that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like Bischoff told a story where he went out for a run in the morning, and uh, you're not supposed to do that because North Korea is very strict, and he's like running. And like all these people are like kids are going to school and they're gray, like bland school outfits and they see him running and they all just disperse and run away. Like he's some sort of like atomic bomb going off because there's he's in clothes that are colors and they're all of a sudden and they're just not used to it because uh, those people out there have no idea about anything. Yeah. They don't know any of this shit. They don't know about iPhones. They don't know. They're like, they're so like no, whatever he wants them to know, they know they're living like in the fifties right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a, yeah, it's it's one of not one of those countries I'd ever want to visit because I don't know if I'd ever get out. But no. it is like a, it is kind of fascinating that there are parts of the world that don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Like, uh. have you ever heard about this? Uh, it's, we're getting kind of off topic. There's, there's like this island out in the middle of nowhere where like it's straight up like savages. Oh yeah, like if you get close enough to the island, they'll shoot arrows at you. Yeah. No, I, I heard about this, and then some. Um humane worker or something like that. Somebody's somebody who had the bright idea of like, Hey, I'm going to go over to this Island and, and help these people yeah. out. Cause I'm a good person. He, he he went there and he got stabbed up. Yeah. Like they immediately just like loaded him up with like arrows yeah. and we're just Cause like, they don't care who you are. They're just don't want any contact with the outside world. Yeah, That's gnarly. Is that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know where this Island's located, but I've heard of it. I think it's near. I feel like I it's like South guess. America. Or something it is like South that. America. I just can't remember, but it's a very remote Island. There's some fascinating fucking places out there. Could you imagine you have a family member who's like, hey, I'm going to go to this island where these people are straight savages. Like yeah. they are living in prehistoric times, basically. Yeah. And I'm going to go over there and, I, and I, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to bring these people up to speed. Yeah. I'm going to show them this whole new world. I'm going to, I don't know, he's probably bringing religion to him, right? Probably like yeah. Christianity or something like that. And his family, like, he must have hyped that up like to his family, like, yo, I'm, everything's gonna be great. I'm gonna be famous after this. Yeah. Sorry, dog. You're loaded up with arrows now. Yeah. Somebody should have stopped him. Somebody should have stopped him. And there's an island out there that's completely filled with snakes. Like every inch of the island is covered in snakes. That doesn't sound fun. So if you get stuck on that island, you're dead. And they're not like just normal snakes, they're the poisonous snakes, all kinds of different snakes. Dude. And I'm like, that's a place that we'll never see. Because there's no way to just get rid of all those snakes. As like, far as I'm concerned, drop a bomb on that motherfucker. I mean, that's the. I guess that is the only way that you could ever like see that island and find out if there's anything there other than that. But, no, thank yeah. you on those snakes. Hey, uh, do we have a question? 
We do. Or any multiple questions? Uh, we have one, I believe, this week, and I'll pull it up right now. Let me try to get through all this. All right, so we have a question from DTF Abel. Is there anyone left in SoCal that you haven't faced yet that you'd like to face? I believe I have wrestled everybody. I believe so. But, I mean, unless there's like a kid that's like training. like I, you know, But you wouldn't know about him now. Um, well, I mean, like there's like kids at like level up school that yeah. have debuted. But I haven't had her. Like I've I've gotten a chance to wrestle uh Fab. Actually, uh DTF, I've wrestled him. I was I think I was his second match. And but I had like there's another kid named Leo. Leo can eat Candido. Canido. His name's Leo. Uh I try I helped train him and I haven't wrestled him in a match yet, but that'll be good when that happens. I believe I have wrestled just about everybody in San Diego. Um, there's one name that he's not an active wrestler, but he still lives in San Diego and he can still wrestle like a motherfucker. Cause I've trained with him, and that's Bobby Quants. That's who I want to wrestle. And I always recommend people check out his work mm-hmm. on the YouTube cause he's amazing. And he, in three years did what some people can't do in a 20 year career. Um, that's about it, man. I mean, I've, I've, Actually, yeah, uh, Judas just trained with him on Thursday night. That was good to see him back in the ring. Um, actually, there's a lot of new people at my at my Thursday night class. That was fun. Yeah. What about guys like Brandon Gatson, guys like that? Have you ever wrestled them? Oh yeah, Gatson. I, I I've told the story. He he made me realize like I need to I need to step my game up. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrestled him at SoCal Pro. 2017 I think something like that and that's the first time that I was in the ring with somebody that I I had never trained with or or had any kind of interaction with in the ring and during the match in my head at one point I just went holy fuck this guy's good you know like because he we planned out the back end and then the front end, he, he he was just hanging out because back in the day we used to have a monitor in the back. Yeah. And we would just watch the matches. And I was still not, you know, good enough to just go out there and, and call it. Right. I had not really practiced it that much. I had not, you know, done any of that. And Gatson was just watching the, the monitor. And I'm thinking they're like, okay, what should we do for opening spot? What should we do for this? Blah, blah, blah. And Gatson's like, yeah, man, I'm not sure how we're going to open this matchup, but I'll figure it out in there. And I go, all right, I, okay, I guess. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got in there and we just started, you know, wrestling around a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I think he had the, he, he hit like a go behind on me and then grabbed my shoulder, turned me around to him and he slapped me across the face. And I, I just charged after him and he just went running he ran out the ring and just ran into the crowd. And I was like, fucking solid move, man. Yeah. Solid move. And then, uh, he came back in, we started wrestling some more, da, da, da. He was guiding me through the whole thing. And then we, we went on, uh, to finish the match. And then in the back, he was like, Hey, are you cool that I slapped you? I'm like, yeah, it was awesome, dude. That was awesome that you just did that. Um, so yeah, Gatson's incredible. Um, yeah, man, that's about it. I, I don't think I've, 
Bobby Quants, man. That's all I can think of is the that's the one person that I'd really really want to wrestle uh, in San Diego. Like right now, that's about it, man. Um, is uh, this is a question I had for you last week actually? So you've been on shows with like guys that have like been in some of the big companies, right? Or just in general. Like, uh-huh. So there was one show that I was at. It was so for, it was forever ago, but Rocky Romero was on the show. And he, I heard him tell the guy he was wrestling, I want to see how the crowd is before we plan anything. Yeah. Because you plan a big spot fest and the crowd is dead. What's the point? Yep. So is that something that you commonly notice at shows or is that a thing that you do too? Or Yeah, it's something I try to, I try to do. Um, you don't want to force feed yeah. the crowd something they don't want. And when you plan out a match entirely in the back and you start going along with that script in the ring and the crowd's not into it, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. Because there's no pivot because you've literally planned everything out. Not less you and the guy go, listen, this ain't working. This ain't fucking working, man. Let's let's fucking change it up. Um, I, I, I experienced that one time with, uh, so hate. Remember the old group hate? From uh, Ray Rosas, okay, you know, yeah, like Ray Rosas, yeah. Che, Tito, uh, Peter Avalon, um, a whole bunch of you know big group of guys. So they they did a show up in L.A. somewhere, some like ghetto ass area, and it was kind of like the NWO sold out pay per view, where the NWO is supposed to be the bad guys but they got so over as bad yeah. guys that they became good guys. So then they had their pay-per-view and it was like, you're just cheering the supposed heels, but really they're the baby faces now. And it's, it's, it's screwy, right? Yeah. So hate did that in Southern California and they brought me up to wrestle Che and Che and I were the first ones to, uh, to go out and, we're kind of sitting there in the back, like Che and I are like, this is, you know, like NWO sold out. Like, Che, you're supposed to be the bad guy, but you're going to get cheered way more than me out there because hate was pretty over. They were like, you know, on one night, on a Friday or Saturday night, you might see like two members of hate at this promotion, a member of hate at this promotion, and two more at this promotion over here. You know, like they were pretty, they were pretty fucking over. So anyways, Che and I kind of come up with the match in the back and um, we, we go out there like we're kind of like the, 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 the test dummies, right? Like, hey, let's see what's going to happen. You don't know how like we're the first match up. You don't know really what the crowd wants. Yeah. So we get out there and we start working and the crowd's way more behind Che, way more. And, and but Che and I had set it up to where I was more the baby face. Anyways, I remember just thinking like during this match, like, fuck it. They want me to be the heel. I'll be the fucking heel. And I remember I, I powdered out at one point and I started talking shit to one fan because he was behind Che. Oh, he said something about me. I don't know. And I was like, this will this will change, you know, this will turn the tides pretty yeah. well. So I powder out and I start, you know, talking shit. And then Che came out and started beating me up. And of course, they're fucking down with that. Cool. All right. Excellent. Role reversal. And then we 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 went on about about the rest of the match, basically, how we had set it up, but we just turned turned yeah. the roles, um, because at that time, you know, we just you change it up a little bit. Um, yeah, you just don't want to force feed a crowd what they don't want. Yeah, exactly. Because you'll you'll just be sitting there, you know, doing all this stuff for no fucking reason. Um, and that and that's what Gatson was basically. That, that's what I got from the first time that I wrestled Gatson. 
was he was sitting there. Well, you don't want to open up your match just like the other matches, right? You want to find out like, okay, they've all tied up collar and elbow. Okay, let's hot start it. Yeah. You know, like something like that. You just want to be a little bit different. Um, so yeah, that's something I learned was, hey man, that front end, you can keep it open. You know, I'm not at that point, I think, where I can call an entire match to somebody, you know, like Cena style, like Ric Flair style, like even the finishes and all that kind of like the false finishes and all that kind of stuff. But I I I I can I first thing I do is okay, what's the finish? What are we doing for the finish? Okay, cool. What's some falsies you want to do? What's some big moves you want to do? Okay, cool. And then, all right, so we got the back end planned out. We'll go out there and just wing the front yeah. end. Unless, hey, you got an opening spot, like you got something that you usually like to do that gets you know gets you over and makes you look good and flashy. Okay, cool. Um, we'll do that spot. We're not going to go straight into it. We'll work into it, you know, and that's like something I, uh, you know, Julius and I were trying to tell the kids this past Thursday was, hey, man, get in there and work. And then if you have a spot planned, work into the spot. Yeah. Just don't go straight into the spot. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't remember if I brought this up last week, but because usually when I'm at these shows, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So I'm able just to kind of float around and like hear, like the way I heard you kind of talking about your stuff last time, I was like, that's a very like smart way to do it. Like if it's very much like, what's this, what's that? And then we'll piece it together that way. Uh I'll hear people that are like, are, how are we going to open? And then they just plan from that. And sometimes it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Sometimes you need to kind of just what's going to be the end and what's going to be the beginning. And then you figure it out from there. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes you just, Hey, uh, is there any spots you want to get in or is there any yeah. moves you want to get in? Okay, cool. All right. Those are the moves you want to get in. All right, let's put this together. Yeah. You know, the, the, the puzzle, all the pieces are there. Yeah. Now you just got to start putting the puzzle together. Um, yeah, man, it's a lot. You know what? It's so funny. When, so that Savage uh, biography, when they're talk, talking about the Steamboat Savage match at WrestleMania three. Yeah. It's I, I couldn't imagine the headache of having to remember that whole match. Because if you look at that yellow, uh, it's, um, that piece of paper. Yeah. One, lock up. Two, you know, like they're going literally step for fucking step. Yeah. And I, 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 that's like trying to memorize an, a, a test. Absolutely. That's like trying to memorize a test, like not learn it, but memorize it. Cause think about it. You don't have to fucking learn a match, right? No. You just memorize it for the night. And then, Hey, if there's something in there that you can remember that was really stood out and really cool, you keep that. And maybe you do it in another match and another match and it might be your thing. Yeah. But memorizing a whole match fuck no especially you've watched that match before i'm sure plenty of times you've watched it it's there's a lot of motion a lot of movement in that match i couldn't imagine having to remember that yeah that's my that's my only kind of critique with the matches it does look like they planned it out for a month yeah it's i mean it, but that it, shit was clean it's 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 a it's a really good match like and i know it's a lot of people's favorites it's not one of my favorites really no it's it's not a bad match it's just I don't know. I just watch it and like, there's a certain way that stuff looks when somebody plans something out for a month that I just don't like. Yeah. It looks very not robotic. Isn't the word like, but because they were who they were like Savage and Steamboat are obviously two of the best workers like ever. Yeah. It didn't look as bad as it could have looked if it were two people lesser than them. I think if it was a worker, like a tier below them, that match would have been just the shit awful. Or it would have looked very choreographed and very planned. 
But even though they had that match planned out for a month, like because of who they are, it looked much better. Yeah. But I don't from this is just my perspective. I I've it's not one of my favorite matches. Okay. It's not bad, it's no but it's not deal. one of my favorite matches. No big deal. And it, to, back then, man, for those cats to do that, yeah, big no no. And I get what, and I, and yeah, and I get. I watched the documentary, and I get why Savage felt like he had to do that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, we're going up against Hogan and Andre. We have to have a killer fucking match to really beat them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I think most people still think of the Hogan slam though, when they think of that WrestleMania, of course you do. So it's like, of course, did they accomplish their goal? Like people still talk about the savage match too, but yeah, no, Al snow. My first seminar I ever did was Al snow at SoCal pro. And that's a question he asked. He goes, what was the best match on, uh, the WrestleMania three card? And of course, a lot of people say, uh, savage versus for steamboat just because of the work yeah. rate and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and at this seminar, I've heard him, I've heard of him going both ways. Like it depends on what seminar you're at. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can only say at the seminar that I attended, he was like, eh, yeah, but did they draw the money? And it was like, no, like Hogan and Andre drew that yeah. money. They drew that attendance. They drew that house, you know, Everything, everything that that Steamboat and Savage did, think about all the stuff that they did, man. They did a lot. I mean, you look at that compared to what Andre and Hogan did in the ring. Like Andre and Hogan didn't do shit. Yeah. Except, you know, that that big body slam. And that's the money. That's 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 the money shot. You know, like that's the moment. You see all the cameras flashing, the crowd yeah. going fucking nuts. Like, this is what we paid for. Yeah. This is why we are here for this moment. The moment that Hogan picks him up and fucking slams him down. I'm sorry. Like, as great as the Savage and Steamboat match was, you got to look at the entire picture. And that headliner, that that main event, that was yeah. what made WrestleMania 3. And that's what I think it drives me crazy when people talk about Cena now in like a bad light. I'm like, do you realize he was probably the only top guy ever who was also putting on great matches consistently? Yep. And like, you can name a a, a couple of really great Austin Rock matches, but I could probably list ten Cena matches that are like really good. Yeah. And especially in these last couple of years where he tried to become indie Cena. Yeah. Where he tried to do like the Code Red and try to do all this other shit like. Most top guys, when they're at that level, they don't give a shit. They 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 do less. But Cena was like, "Fuck it, I'll do more." Yeah. And I'm like, I think people respect him a little more now that he's not around. But like, I look back at some of those matches that he had in his prime, and I'm like, Rock wasn't having these matches. Austin wasn't having these matches. Hogan wasn't having these matches. Like, it's just because the business isn't as popular as it was during that time period. Uh-huh. But he was really popular. Cena was very popular. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's so funny when you talk about Cena. Cena is like an anomaly. He's not the greatest wrestler in the world, technically, no. right? When he runs the ropes, he lifts his uh, <laughs> his left leg up like way too high. Yeah, you're, you're really not supposed to do that. Um, his punches aren't the greatest. There's some ugly bumps he has. If you look at his 2005 and six matches, there's a lot of him bumping on his side, really? and, and it's just like so ugly. And it's and he got better at it as yeah. time went on. But you're right, there are a lot of mechanical things wrong with him like when he's calling the match like you can hear you can clear oh he's the clearly he's one of the worst yeah him and jericho are two of the worst uh but still the guy made all the fucking money and tell you the truth he could fucking 
he could create a match on the fly. Yeah. That's something 99.9% of wrestlers cannot do. Did, do you remember his match with AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble a couple years ago in San Antonio? Nah, not really. But so, okay. So I saw him do an interview after this and their whole goal in this match was to never go outside. Uh huh. They did the whole match in the ring. They didn't do any powders. They didn't do any over the top rope shit. The whole match stayed in the ring. And I was like, that's such like a, a thing to try to accomplish these days. Cause everyone uses out the whole area. Yeah. And I'm like to try to do a match, and the match was great. Like it's one of his best match, one of both of their best matches. Really? And they just like went out of their way to like not go out of the ring. And I thought that was so cool. I think it's, I think it's awesome when, when two guys agree like, Hey, let's challenge ourselves. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, let's see if we can get through this match without throwing a punch. Might stand out. Yep. You know, it's so funny because it might be something that you won't even notice while you're watching. Like, hey, nobody's throwing a punch at each other. Yeah. Until afterwards. You go, wait, that whole match, nobody threw a punch. You know, like, that's pretty interesting considering now, you know, you see punches all the time. But yeah, it's kind of cool when you see people like, hey, let's challenge ourselves a little bit. Let's. Let's see if we can go through this whole match yeah. without doing this. And I like stipulation matches where they can't use their finisher too. That's always cool. Cause again, you get in your comfort zone of basing everything around a finisher. What yep. do you do when you can't use the finisher? Yeah. Like there was an Orton Michaels match in 2006 or whatever, where they, the stipulation was Michael could, Michaels couldn't use the super kick and that played into the finish. He went for it. He, he stumbled. He, and then he got RKO'd and lost. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I like. Like yeah. just like telling, that's the telling the story stuff that people, always say but i don't know if they always mean it yeah yeah man i don't know if you feel that way like when people say you gotta tell a story and then you watch their matches and you're like but you're not doing that oh it happens all the time yeah and sometimes people are like oh well you didn't pick that up and it's like no because it's so subtle yeah um yeah it's like what uh when hunter and i had the uh the dick match and all we did was like kick and punch each other in the balls it was it started as um us just fucking around at training i remember i I was just like hey let's go and i just i think i like gave him a nut shot and i go give it to me back and he gave it to me back and then i kicked him back in the fucking nuts and then you know i was like let's roll with this and then we would just do that it was just an idea like it, it was on the fly and yeah. also it was just kind of a a creativity uh drill like listen you can only kick your opponent in the balls find out how many different ways you can do it now you know, you can punch them, you can kick them, you can, you know, hit them with a foreign object. You can do all this kind of yeah. stuff, right? It's already a no DQ match, right? That's one of the main rules is don't kick somebody in the fucking balls. Yeah. But how many different ways can you hit your opponent in the balls without doing anything else? You know, you can tease other things. You can tease a slam. You can tease all this other stuff, but it never, it never comes to a, to, yeah. to fruition. It always goes back to getting hit in the balls. And by the way, any dude will always laugh when, when somebody gets hit in the balls. Absolutely. It's, uh, Absolutely. It's just in our DNA. Um, and then, so we we would, we did that a couple times at training. And then Benny heard about it. Benny was like, what are you guys doing? You guys are having these matches where you're just kicking each other in the dicks. And uh, we're like, yeah. And then Benny hit us like, hey, you, get, you want to do it on a showcase? And we're like, fuck yeah, we do. I think... I think we could have done it on like a bigger show, like a ground zero show yeah. and it would have fucking rocked the house, but Oh, well, no, Maybe. but that's good thinking on Benny's part. I mean, yeah, I think Benny was there the night that, uh, Brian Danielson and Claudio had just a headlock match. Fantastic. It was in PWG. And I think all they, the whole match was, they just 
exchange headlocks. Fantastic. And apparently the crowd dug it for like yeah. 20 minutes. Because it's different. It's different, yeah. It's different. Um, it's so funny because that training nowadays, like I'll even tell like the newer kids, like, listen, have a dick match. You know, all you can, all you can do is just kick each other in the balls yeah. or punch each other. You know, however you guys can figure it out, do it on the fly. First of all, you got to sell. And getting hit in the balls gives you time to sell. Yeah. Right. So now the other person who just hit the person, in the balls, you got time to figure out, man, figure it out. You got time. He's selling over there. And, um, it's, it's funny cause a lot of the guys, they don't, they, 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 they don't get the concept where it's like, guys, I'm telling you just to hit each other in the balls. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm asking you to do. It's a creativity thing. Cause they think you're just, Hey, let's just hit each other in the balls. No, it's a creativity thing, yeah. man. It's 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 to get thinking. How can you do this yeah. differently? Test make, yourself. Test give yourself. yourself. A, give yourself a limitation. Like say, all right, I'm not going to do this move in this match, and see if you could still have a good match with it. Exactly. That kind of stuff. There you go, man. And Hunter and I rock the house. That match is on YouTube. If anybody wants to watch it, uh, go to the Level Up Pro Wrestling School uh, YouTube page, and I, you'll find it. I think it's under like Hunter and I. Like it's like a gaunt. No, I think it's just Hunter and I. Anyways, go check it out. Um. But yeah, I like those matches where it's like, hey, let's see if we can do this. Yeah. Let's just, you know, let's confi- let's 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 tie our hands behind our backs and see if we can, you know, figure figure yeah. out a match. Cuz it'll stand out. And I, I know you were just saying that in jest, but just think about like the blindfold matches like Oh, those are hilarious. Like I'm just like they're 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 hilarious, but it's like people see it and they get it. Yeah. And they're literally all you're waiting for them to just touch each other or find each other to do a move. Yeah. And it's like it's so simple, but it's different than everything else you're going to see on that same show. You know, it so was, why not? this this goes against like every old school wrestler and basically like the wrestling business. This goes completely against it. But it's one of the most entertaining. Mat- I can't even say I can't even performance. Mm-hmm. I can't even say it was a match because it's it's really not. It's not. But uh, GCW had an event, and they had the Invisible Invisible Man versus, versus Invisible Stan. Have you seen this? I haven't seen it, but I know about the Invisible Man. Okay, so it's the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. Obviously, they're both invisible. Yeah. So the referee. So how do you tell this story? The referee. The referee. Who is probably Bryce Rensberg, who is the most animated ref in the world. Not sure who it was, yeah, uh, but the referee killed it. So the referee has to put on special goggles so he can see the Invisible Man and Invisible Stan. And the whole match is him reacting to what he thinks is going on in the ring, or at least what he sees through the goggles. And I watched this, and I was just like, this is incredible. Like, this is a hell of a performance by this referee. Um, Because his reactions and, and him trying to, like, count to five, like get them off the ropes kind of stuff. And, and all that. It, it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And the crowd's going crazy for it. And the crowd likes it because yeah. they're in on it. That's it's yeah. It's it. That's the show where you can do stuff like, yeah. That. And like, you know, I don't know if you have you ever seen the slow motion stuff. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I think that's funny. It's funny. Like I, it's me. Like I don't take it as seriously. Like I don't expect that WWE is going to do that one day. Yeah. But like, you know, I like the fact that orange Cassidy is succeeding in AEW. Because his gimmick is very much like, I don't try. Yeah. He's lazy. Yeah. But then when he has matches where he actually tries, you're like, oh, he's a good wrestler. Yeah. And the crowd's in on it. Like you said, the, the crowd is in on it. Then you can do whatever you want. Like you can be as stupid as you want with all of it. But yeah, it is very much against the grain of the 
old school wrestler thinking. Yeah. And then there's just, uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff that you can pull off on the indies, like the slow motion match, like the invisible uh, man matches. I mean, even Hunter and I kicking each other in the balls. You can pull that shit off on the indies and cause you, you understand, you understand that crowd, that small crowd. That's like the local crowd or, you know, whatever, but you can't do that shit on the main, main, like, you can't, you know, you can't pull off the Invisible Man match on on WWE. No, people are gonna change the channel. You can't pull off. I mean, you could probably pull off the Dick match uh, on WWE mat, on a WWE, but it's it ain't gonna be. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the it WWE, ain't gonna be re- responded to well. WWE is not known for their comedy matches, so yeah, and usually their comedy matches go over pretty shitty too, right? Yeah. Like whenever they do like the the holidays, like they'll like line the uh, the, the the ring with like. <laughs> you know, Christmas presents and all that kind of stuff. If you want to see a really stupid WWE match, go out of your way to watch uh, Randy Orton versus David Otunga. And like a, it's like a Christmas street fight. And the whole match is just Randy literally shitting all over it while he's in it, like eating cookies and just being a complete dork. It's one of my favorite matches because of how stupid he's acting the whole time. That's funny. I, I really enjoy not caring Randy Orton. It cracks me up sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree. It's awesome. But anyways, man, I just looked at my phone. I think we got to wrap this up because yeah, yeah. your boy has got a four o'clock yoga class that he's got to go hit up. So with DDP. No, this is a uh, real yoga class Whoa, thing. Don't, I don't Hunter hear you say that. I know he's so hardcore about the fucking DDP yoga. 20 bucks says in like two weeks he falls out like, oh, yeah, I haven't done that in like months. Well, we talked about it with him a couple of months ago, so maybe he's already done with it. I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. All right. Uh, do we have anything else that we... No, that's it. That's about it. Maybe right? we can go to the finish. This is a uh, short, short show, I believe. It's about an hour, 10. Yeah. So it's normal. That works. All right, guys. Um, so here's some news. The last word with Duke will... Uh, is a little bit on, is on hiatus right now. Yeah, it's going on hiatus. I was told to not say why. So, hey, it's on hiatus. It's on hiatus. It's on hiatus. Uh, and so is the uh, Red and Black show with Devin Sparks. That's also on hiatus for a while. So your boy, the OG, will still be coming at you every Wednesday morning. Uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those platforms. Guarantee you'll find us if you just type in Hogsman Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogsman Pod. Send in your questions, please. It helps us out with the show because uh, sometimes we just don't have shit to talk about. And when you guys write in questions, it sparks conversation. And you don't know. I mean, last week it got real deep off yes. just one question. Yes. So help give us <laughs> give us content. And uh, that's about it. Go check those shows out. Las Vegas, May 22nd, 23rd, Canada Pro Wrestling Show. At the Mandalay Bay Resort Casino, some Bud Tenders Awards. Go check that out. May 30th, Level Up Pro Wrestling uh, at the Level Up Pro Wrestling School. This is the showcase that's going to happen in the back parking lot. And then also the same location, uh, Canna Pro Wrestling, 619 with The Godfather and a whole bunch of other matches. Check it out. Thank you guys for listening. If you want the tip, you got to take the whole hog. Adios.